paint your hell, like oh. a custom hell for you. Custom hell. Oh, boy. Oh, Gin Blossoms and Matchbox 20 are playing on the jukebox. That's all that's there. <laughs> okay. That's okay. the worst. That is true. Oh, and Train. Those three for sure. I don't actively hate. What was the big Gin Blossom song? Um, Were they Hey Jealousy? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, oh, okay, okay. boy, they were yeah. terrible. Um, yeah. <laughs> God bless them. But uh, all three of them, God bless you. But yikes. Uh, I don't know. Me not being able to move or dance. And not like I not like I'm a gotta dance kind of person, but I do <laughs> move around a lot and I do uh that is a way that I relieve tension is by movement and whatnot in whatever kind of bootleg way I can. So a, a, yeah. some way where I'm not able to do that at all would probably be hell. Also no sugar. <laughs> You said I, I heard that like it was like, and there have been times in my life when I've tried no sugar. <laughs> no, I haven't. I don't even. I know I, me and that demon. I don't know if we're ever going to break up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I adjust it, and it's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, you're right. Come over here and hug me. I never. Mm, I don't know. What if it, what if you had sugar except for one thing? What would be the one hellish thing to be without? Oh, I. Gosh, I don't know because I mean I'll eat sugar out of a packet. I, I <laughs> I'll find it in the other things. I'll make the adjustments. I'm I'm, not, okay. I'm that kind of junkie, and probably cold feet. Also, cold feet would make me miserable. Okay, yeah, cold. So feet, it's it's no a sugar. lot of like physical. It's a lot of physical things. tortures. Yeah, <laughs> but mentally, okay. I mean, I've been beating myself up for years, so. <laughs> You're like, I'm ready for whatever hell's got to throw at me. Yeah, mentally, mentally. but physically, it's going to be an issue. These tools are for you to use. These tools are for you to use. Welcome to This Is Your Afterlife, conversations with artists and activists about death and life. I'm Dave Marr. I'm the host of the podcast. I'm a comedian. I live in Chicago. I survived a coma seven, eight-ish years ago. Who's counting? And now I'm talking to people about what they think will happen after we die, about their memories, about moments of transformation that I call coma moments. And this week I'm talking to Shalewa Sharp. She's a fucking great comedian. She had a very funny turn in Bust Down, that new show on Peacock. You should check that out. Uh, you should seek out her clips. Uh, follow her at the links in the show notes. Shalewa is great, and I'm excited for you to hear this conversation. You should also know I'm an independent artist, so word of mouth is the way people find out about my work. So if you're here for the first time, just sit back, enjoy the show. If this is not the first time you've heard the show, and you enjoy it. If you consider it worth the price of a decent coffee or a cheap meal, you can go to patreon.com slash Dave Marr and donate either 5 or $15 a month. I'd really appreciate it. You could also spread the word by subscribing. I know that doesn't seem like it's spreading the word, but it boosts the visibility. You can leave a 30-second review uh, and you could tell one friend in real life if you still got one of those. So 
at the $15 level, my pigeon patrons, they get shout outs. So here are those shout outs. We got Kurt Chang. We got Katie Llewellyn. We got Susie Carroll. And we got Fred Fidoa. Thanks to them. Thanks to you for listening. And please enjoy my conversation with Shalewa Sharp. I grab your whip and take it back to Shatown. When I'm in Shatown, I treat it like. What do you hope happens when you die? Um. Okay. I have concocted, and I don't exactly know when I came up with this idea, but um, I think that. You, if you want to, it's volunteer work. It's not necessarily like a heaven. It's just like a place that spirits go. If you want to do some volunteer work and the volunteer work would be like guardian angel type stuff, but you cannot be assigned to anyone, you know, or are related to. You see what I mean? You're, you can volunteer to be a guardian angel, keep an eye out for someone, but it can't be someone you're related to. Or a close friend. It's got to be a stranger. Why? Why? I can't... just feel like you're still going to have too many emotional attachments. If you're related to them, there's a way that you're going to see their life the way you think their life should play out. And you're going to mm. probably try to steer them in that way. And yeah. I, um, I, that's just a thing in my head that I always believed and had never really put, put to like put words to that feeling until my mom died and a lot of people were saying to me, well, you know, she's up there, she's looking out for you. And I knew enough to hold my tongue, but my thoughts were, well, no, she's not. She wouldn't be assigned to me. She would be assigned to someone else. (laughs) Right. I can't have my mother be my guardian angel. I can't have her seeing what I'm doing. Yeah. Would you get updates on your loved ones? I thought, when I realized that I had this thing, I was like, well, how then would you even find out what your loved ones are doing? Um, and I guess maybe in the break room, you could befriend the person right. who's watching <laughs> your kid or whatever. You know what I mean? Like you do get to do little drive-bys. Like I, I, um, you either show up in dreams. That's my mom's way of showing up. She shows up in dreams or occasionally I see like a weird black cloud kind of move through. And that's, and I get a feeling that that's either my mom's spirit or my dad's spirit, one or the other, um, just kind of zipping through. And I'm like, oh, they're just kind of checking on me or they, you know, little signs, whatever. It's real piecemeal, but it makes sense to me in the moment. Like I've never made a list, but something will happen. I go, oh, yeah, that's my pops or, oh, that's my mom or something like that. Is it like you visually see a black cloud? Yeah, like a little zippy black cloud coming through. Whoa. Yeah. 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 It's wild. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't um it doesn't feel negative. It doesn't feel like a, a right. darkness. It's just like this is how they're moving through. And it'll just be you'll think it's just a shadow and you may just kind of do a double take, but it, it it feels like just like a black cloud kind of moving through very quickly. And then the feeling that I have immediately is Whichever one, it's either I either go, oh, mommy, like I I see the thing out of the corner of my eye and I go, mommy, (laughs) or I see one like move across the ceiling and I go, Baba, because that's what we called my my dad, Baba. And I see that (laughs) and I go, great. All right. So if someone doesn't want to do volunteer work, I don't know. I guess they're just kind of chilling. 
maybe. Okay. Just still kind of going around watching things. If there's something of a voyeur, uh, there might be a really nice library for them. But um, okay. I would hope that they, uh, uh, you know, are kind of, I feel like still floating around doing things. I, feel, I You know, I don't know if I'm like a reincarnation person, um, but I do feel like maybe work is never done. <laughs> so in ways they're kind of coming through in and out of people and trying to get some things done and then zipping to somebody else. And I don't know yeah. what that master work is, but I feel like over the co- course of eons work is never fully done. And I don't know if we'll ever get there. I don't know. What, so what is the work? Exactly. Is it like, yeah. I don't know if it's because <laughs> everyone's got their different, you know, are you, uh, yeah. are you trying to take over a thing? Are you trying to take down people? Are you trying to uplift people? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure where the origin of the work comes from, but I feel like the spirits are moving through just to make sure that things are moving in whatever direction they are. Again, never really put words to it, but that's just what, what my brain has already conjured up. And so when something comes up that's otherwise, or someone refers to them just like, oh yeah, no, you know, the work's never done. They're just zipping around. And people are like, what? Why did you say that so calmly? (laughs) Yeah. It's really interesting to have the security of a strong belief without the angst. Any of the, any of the work. Yeah. That's why I, uh, I think that's why I'm not, uh, super religious um it seems like a lot of uh uh, it it seems kind of painful sometimes um uh to really be into a religion sometimes they're just there feels like there's a lot of pain in it and um i don't i don't want the pain i just want people to zip around and continue their work whatever it may be (laughs) if they want to um but yeah, yeah. So I'm not particularly religious. I um, I think that there's some sort of, again, just spirits just kind of floating around, but not, not necessarily um, a a rule book outside of like, hey, you know, quit, don't fuck people over. Yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. What about funeral planning? Oh, Do you have any man. thoughts of? things you'd like or definitely don't want? Well, you know, have something in mind. Um, have have something in mind uh, because um, my parents died, uh, I don't know, 13, 14 months apart, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and my mother had a list of what she wanted and my dad did not because it was a, it, we were not expecting, it was an unexpected death with him unexpected illness. It happened very quickly. Um, and, uh, but I was like, I mean, you could have jotted down a few notes when my mom wrote (laughs) down what she wanted. Right. Right. He he had a piece of paper. He showed me the stuff that she wanted and he didn't really have anything on his side of the page. And I'm like, you could have written down a couple of things. Um, but, uh, yeah, she went first. Yeah. She went first. Um, she had been sick for a while. Okay. She, um, she was paralyzed from a stroke that she had in her forties. And then she uh, got colon cancer and she beat it once and was in remission for a few years, but then it came back. Um, and, uh, and then my dad died of cancer, but it was like no idea. And then suddenly everywhere. Uh, so he he was kind of diagnosed with it. And then within two weeks dead. 
Um, so, uh, yeah, we kind of had a little bit of time. All we knew was that uh, they wanted to be cremated. Okay. So we were like, okay, we know that much. Uh, and in dealing with my mother's situation, I went with my dad to see how he handled all of that stuff, uh, which ended up being very helpful because I ended up having to do that again, you know, a year later. Right. Um but definitely some sort of plan, maybe uh, maybe a playlist. I remember a friend of mine passing away, and when we went to his funeral, he had an open casket. I'm not big on open caskets. It's a little spooky um, mm-hmm. <laughs> to me. Um, and he, uh, the way I knew him was he had he had opened a um, like a lounge in Atlanta that is still like a nightclub kind of thing. That's still going to this day so he i don't know if he picked out a playlist or if people close to him kind of picked out music but like his mother was just weeping just keening over the casket and then this like house music was playing in the background and it was (laughs) i was like i don't this is odd but i also kind of like that it's house music and not you know what I mean? It's yeah, not typical funeral. Music. Yeah, yeah. So it doesn't feel like such a you know. I'm I'm watching this woman. She's very upset. She's lost her son, but I'm also remembering the lightness of hanging out with her son with the music. Mm-hmm. I don't. It was so. I'm like, all right, I gotta, uh, I gotta, you know, get a playlist together. Uh, so what would playlist. be? Do you know things that would definitely be on yours? Um, I let's see. I know for sure. Um, DJ Shadows. What does your soul look like? Part four, the one that closes Wait, out. Part, part four, four okay. the one that closes out introducing. Um, yeah, yeah, and oh, probably an probably an Andrew Bird song, but like an early one from like Bowl of Fire. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, at this point, uh, uh, certainly a James Blake song, like, uh, just songs from uh from bands that have meant a lot to me um so you know probably a duran duran song from the rio album probably the chauffeur which is going to really mess up a lot of people i think why Uh, i feel like people who love that song have attached very particular meanings and memories to it and I don't know if a few And you're here to just bulldoze it all with well, your yeah, death. Yeah, I just like, nope, now you're gonna think of me. You know, yeah. that kind of <laughs> yeah. thing. But um but yeah, yeah, I'm always thinking of a song and if I if I um listen to something enough and it sticks with me enough, I'm like, Oh, this may have to go on the playlist. Okay. Yeah. So I have it working on my head, but I'm like, I guess I gotta build it in Spotify or should I just make my own folder? I think I'll right. make my own folder and just put the MP3s in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It is wild to have it be a, a list of, shareable, a shareable piece of data with the algorithm. Yeah, that would be kind of odd, but you know, yeah. I can start building it that way and yeah, yeah, move yeah. it, move it offline. <laughs> right, because who knows if Spotify is going to exist? Exactly, you know? that would be terrible. Yeah. It's like now I got to import the whole thing, the title for the <laughs> you know because that's what <laughs> like oh i never had a spot i don't even have or there are commercials halfway through like it would be a mess <laughs> oh yes so i yes. definitely should just go ahead and put it in a folder mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what else 
any other aspects of, of um, a funeral you can I don't know. I don't want people to be I don't want people to be bummed. Um I I do want it to be, you know, more of like the celebration that the folks are talking about. I don't want it to be very religious. I kind of don't want like a memorial service in a church because I feel like just it being in a church you know, someone's going to slip up and start preaching and I don't want that. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, you can, yeah, totally. Like totally. this person, but this is where we're having it. And then, you know, the pastor comes in and next thing you know, there's like a service and that would make me very uncomfortable. So I don't want mm-hmm. that. Um, the biggest thing is uh, I do want to be cremated. I do need to decide where to scatter my ashes. Do that. If you're going to be cremated, also let people know where you want the ashes to go. Cause it's a, yeah. it's a, it's a sizable amount of ashes right and you may want there's like overflow boxes and stuff yes and so you may want to put one in a little in a tiny little urn but um you got to do something with the rest of it right? (laughs) and and you got to let folks know so i certainly will have a a a place where you gotta you gotta put me um where are the options do you have like a short list of places um Part of me is like, uh, um, <laughs> this is wild. Part of me is like, um, on the dance floor of my favorite club. That's not a good idea. Who wants that? The ventilation <laughs> like there is terrible. Situation. Yeah, that's a terrible because uh, that club. It's, um, it's an underground club, and by that I mean it was like kind of an underground club, and also it used to be a parking garage ventilation's horrible you don't want to put dead people actors yeah. in there <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah and we'll also get mixed up with all of the other debauchery that's in that spot um mm-hmm. but you know maybe in the parking lot outside it can blow up and down okay. a major street okay. of atlanta just have my ashes blow up and down the major street of atlanta um i i i haven't done much traveling so it's not like take it to Wah, wah, wah. but you know <laughs> um uh i'm i'm not a i'm not necessarily a beach person but you could probably throw some of me in the water i can't swim but you could throw some of me in the water it seems kind of peaceful well your ashes don't have to swim yeah, i mean it seems like good. they'll probably sink i anyway. i would hope i would hope yeah. that they're not trying to reform that i'm just that yeah. hard-headed <laughs> yeah <laughs> But yeah, I don't know. A little bit around Stone Mountain, which is wild. Hear me out. Mm-hmm. So Stone Mountain, are you familiar with Stone Mountain? I know. I feel like I know because I have a one of my best friends is from Atlanta, and I I know about Stone Mountain mm-hmm. a little bit. So mm-hmm. you can explain it to me like I don't. Uh, it's uh, it's just a huge piece of granite with Confederate Army heroes etched into the side. It's okay, a right. Monument, a huge Confederate monument. Um, their names or their busts or pictures of them on horses. Wow. Like, uh, okay. Carvings of um, Jefferson Davis, Robert E. Lee and Stonewall Jackson on horses, okay. like okay. preparing to ride off to lose the civil war. And <laughs> it's huge. Uh, there's a whole park built around it. And that is where I grew up. Um, so I grew up in a spot where the clan used to have rallies on the top of this mountain. So good times, but yeah, it is also where I grew up. 
So mm-hmm. it, it, in a weird way, it kind of made me all flaws and all. And there are plenty of flaws that come with being a black person growing up in that situation. Sure. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I don't know, maybe sprinkle a little something around there. I don't know. It may piss off those ancestors, but I'm a I mean, yeah, it's a nice fuck you. Yeah. As well. Yeah. That's kind of how it, it would look to me. Um. Otherwise, I gosh, I don't know what whatever is even important to me at the time. I guess you know, sure. Like catch me closer to death. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I'm like you know what? Forget all of that. Just uh, just put me under. Just actually dig a hole and just stick all of me underground, right? Under a tree or or something. You know what I mean? If I just want to yeah. simplify it, because I don't want mm-hmm, people going mm-hmm. all over gallivanting everywhere with my ashes. They're hard to travel with, so. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I would imagine. Yeah, you got to get a lot of clearance. Hey, it's Dave. I am taking a break from the guest for a moment to tell you about my newsletter, Definitive Answers. It's short for Definitive Answers to Unanswerable Questions. Basically, every week I send an essay in which I am squeezing current events in my own life for insights into creativity, culture, mental health, the kind of stuff I talk to guests about, but it's just me. So if you want essays like that, if you want music recommendations, a mood board of links and worthy places to donate, think of it like an old school alt-weekly, but just from my very overly sensitive comedy man's perspective, if that sounds good to you, you should subscribe. It's called Definitive Answers. You can go to thisisdavemar.substack.com or just click the link in the show notes, and I'd love to have you. And tell me if you like it. Okay, back to the guest. So my next question is more of a pro- it's it's less of a question. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it starts with it's got a little. I I, I need to like preface it. A okay. Little bit. So this show kind of is grown out of my second one-man show, Mm -hmm. which is set in the afterlife. And there's a premise that I lay out where I say that in the afterlife, you get to fully relive one memory. Mm. So it's not that your other memories are wiped. It's not that you're trapped in this and this is your whole afterlife. It's just like a room you can pop into whenever you want, however many times you want. But you have to choose just one memory. Okay. If that were the case, Hmm. what memory would you choose? Mm, gosh. Oh, wow. It's going to be something. Uh, it's probably going to be something lame. I, um, okay. So here's, um, I'm trying to think it might. Okay. All right. Uh, apologies to any, uh, family members who are thinking that my memory is going to be with them. It is not. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or to my family, it is not. I can always pop in and out of those memories. I got those on lock. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But uh, a time where I felt um, a lot of joy. Uh, and this is so, it's such a, a selfish memory. But it's going to be a concert. <laughs> it's going to be okay. a particular concert. Oh, boy. And I've had... My thing is like uh, emotions. I just want to capture that feeling, that emotion I had um, 
enjoying myself to the fullest at particular shows. But the one that comes to mind is one that always comes to mind when I think of just favorite memories in general. It's seeing Tortoise on tour for the TNT album in Atlanta. Um, And they... It was a spectacular performance. So good that while watching them, I remember a point where they are all playing and they're looking at each other and the look on their face, the collective look on everyone's faces. And, you know, there's like 50, 11 people in Tortoise. Right. right, They're all on stage and they're looking at each other and the look on their faces, you can read it is just like, son, we are killing this. Like (laughs) they are full of joy at how well they're playing in that moment and how great the show is going. And that actually ratcheted up my joy even more to catch that moment with them where everyone in the room was extremely joyous. And, you know, that is a fan base of stoic men yeah. in horn rim glasses with <laughs> yeah, their arms yeah. crossed and they were mm-hmm. dancing. And I, I was just like, I've seen all of you at all the shows and you've never done this before. Something has right. come over us. We are having uh, an experience right now. And, um, I would probably want to pop into a room with that all the time and and just kind of feel that again. So this was in Atlanta. This was in Atlanta. What was the club? It was okay. I see the layout. I'm going to say that was the cotton club. Um, in its spot on peach tree because it moved to another spot that people may know it for under the tabernacle. But this was its spot in Midtown Atlanta on Peachtree. And it was like a shoebox of a room, but the stage was along one side, not like at the end of the shoebox, but along a long side of the room. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So uh, just to kind of set the stage. So it's a long stage and people are just really packed in. Um, And you really did go to... Because you're kind of a music guy. Yeah, right? I'm a music guy. I am. Yeah. <laughs> I am, unfortunately. I'm a- yeah, no, not unfortunately. <laughs> I love that. I mean, me too. Uh, so you did li- literally recognize a bunch of the faces in the crowd at this show. Yeah. Yeah, I, I knew um I knew a lot of people who were there, you know, a lot of yeah. folks that I was, uh, that, you know, uh, a few like running buddies or just... Um, mm-hmm. and I was, I, I probably was working at a record store at the time. So, you know, like regular customers, I would see there and, uh, I was at, I went to a lot of shows. I I've gone to a lot of shows. And so those are kind of a happy place for me. Um, yeah. and so I've had a lot of like moments at shows that were just like, Oh, that was kind of magical or that was really great or ow, my feet hurt or things like that. But that one was like, um, just great all the way through. Um, well, cause it sounds like the other people are right. It's not like a family memory, right. Or you didn't mention like a significant other there. It's like the other people are like ambient in that memory. Yeah. 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 But the people you're there to see mm-hmm. nonetheless you're getting a very strong vicarious thrill from yeah yeah and they yeah. and they seem to be having a blast and and realizing that they are doing a really good job and this is this has transcended just uh, a good show like this is a special show yeah 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 
Is that something that you've looked to copy in your life in um, any way? Sometimes, uh, especially once I started doing stand-up, um, mm-hmm. there have been shows that uh, that felt very special. Um, and where you even feel it in the moment that oh this is this is a special thing that I'm doing right now this is this is great um but also i i don't shoot for that now every time i used yeah. to starting out i'm like every show's got to be great every single one of mm-hmm. these you know um and now i'm just like uh this maybe this is just a trip to the gym um sure you know maybe i'm just trying to work some things out or whatever but um even in those, there are some moments. Um, I have a solo show that I'm working on about working in a porn store for six plus years called Don't Reach mm-hmm. in the Bag. And I did it. I performed it recently for the first time in Atlanta, which is where I was working at that store. And um, that I'm still in my mind, I'm still workshopping it, trying to get it right. But that yeah. the way that show went felt magical to me. Um, because there were people there, a couple of old coworkers, people who knew me at that time. Um, and it was nice to kind of talk about it in a way um, I felt supported in the room. Um, and it allowed me to just kind of play with the ideas and, and things that I wanted to do. And it was uh, it just felt good. Like when I walked off stage, I was like, that felt the best of all the times that I've done it. That felt good. And so now I'm just going to be chasing that dragon for the next, I don't know how many years. Right. Um, but, you know, it, it's, it was helpful just in the trying to get the show together, trying to make it come together. And also in the, like, yeah, what you're doing is worth doing, which sometimes I need a little validation on that, you know. Right. What you're doing which is It's funny doing. because you're still experiencing it from – even though you're tortoise in that yeah. example, mm-hmm. you're actually yourself and the audience is kind of tortoise. You're like looking for them to provide right. you something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, my last big question mm-hmm. here also requires some setup. Okay. Because I like seven – Eight years ago now, I was in a coma for a month Mm -hmm. and was almost taken off life support. And uh, when I came back, there had been a day when everyone thought I died, so they eulogized me on Facebook. Right. And and it's not a clean before and after, Mm -hmm. but there is a way in which before the coma, I was one version of myself and- not right after, but shortly after, sure. you know, some things change. Yeah. So my question for you is, what's your coma? And it doesn't have to be grandiose. It can mm. be fucking minuscule. Mm. But any moment of transformation where before you were one version of yourself and after you're another. Oh, boy. Um, that has actually, that's happened. What's my, what's something that's happened in my life that has transformed me? Yes. Yes. Um Oh boy. I think um the one that I feel actually will have to go with my parents' death. 
Um, I, I, and yet I can't fully explain. Well, no, I can't. I guess I can explain how I've changed. I have pulled down the shutters on feelings. I'm like, nope, none of you. You're not. (laughs) I want no feelings. I want no. I definitely have um, tightened up uh, emotional uh, emotionally, um, and it's a. It is not a change that I am proud of or that I necessarily like. But it was right. one that I felt like I needed to do in order to keep going. Um, like with my mom's death, because she had been sick for a while, I had started some of the grieving process, unfortunately, while she was still alive, which sounds yeah. kind of callous, but that I just a, no. like a preheating on the sadness oven kind of, <laughs> of doing <laughs> that. Um, but then my dad's was so sudden. And so soon after hers and so sudden, and I, uh, we just thought we had more time that I really was just like, okay, there are things that I have to do and I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it. And uh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to talk to anyone ab- about it, although I know I should, um, but I got to do this show tonight in this basement. <laughs> you know what I mean? This right, right, right. So I just kind of shut everything down and um, I have... I have felt that it, it's a switch where it's one of one of the first times where I could sit down and I go, Oh, I am different. I I definitely feel differently than I did a few years ago. Like something has, t- something has switched in me and um, I would like it to switch back. But in order for that to happen, all of these things have to, undo themselves and that's not going to happen. So even in my attempt to get back to like switch back, I, I, it won't be what I knew before. So really I'm going to have to switch to a new version of what I'm thinking I want to get back to. And it, so were there deaths recent? Um, my mother was 2015. My dad was 2016. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I was already living in New York. Um, mm-hmm. I have a younger sister. She's in Atlanta. And so every it, with the death of my dad, everything just felt different. Atlanta feels different to me because I don't have a home base. Sure. So I go to my hometown and I feel unmoored. And that that was kind of like, oh, okay. I, I, how do I feel about this? And then my brain said, you don't have to feel. And I said, you're right. And I shut that down. And um any attempt at any sort of relationship. And I'd go, well, how do I feel about this? My brain's like, ah, ah, ah. And I'm like, you're right. <laughs> I don't have to share. I don't have to do any of that. I just have to try to keep it moving. And now my body, my brain and my body is telling me, actually, you probably should feel a few things, but mm-hmm. I'm already like, oh, too late. I, I feel nothing. Um, so I am, I, I want to get back and work on, but I keep saying get back. But it's not a get back. I can't get back to that, can I? It's a move forward kind of thing. But I definitely came out of all of that um, in a different, I, I feel like a different person. The way I used to process emotions, I don't do anymore. I used to keep a diary, just write pages and pages from the time I was nine. I have like two or three pages that I've written of emotions since all of that has happened. Wow. Yeah. It's, it is 
wild. And I'm like, I, I need to get back to like writing things out. And I start and I'm just like, this doesn't feel right. And it's because I'm not letting myself feel right. So it's, it's um not like a, it's not necessarily a positive switch for sure. It's sure. Not a sure. Switch, it doesn't it have to be. Yeah. yeah. It is definitely a switch um, that, uh, you know, hopefully I can fix or work around or, you know, uh, adjust, make adjustments to, I'll have to right. in order to, uh, you know, I guess find, uh, a version of healthy that works for me. I will have to figure some of that out, but it, it definitely is when I was like, Oh, thing, I am processing things different. I'm doing things differently. Um, yikes, yeah. <laughs> you know, yikes, <laughs> who'd have thunk, um, yeah. Well, it sounds like it started with maybe you knowing what the feelings were and just mm-hmm. not expressing them, but mm. then the what you're describing now sounds like through squashing them, yeah. you've maybe lost the ability to even identify them. Right. Yeah, it feels like it. It feels like I think whatever wherever it was I was tucking my emotions to deal with later in my body, you know, like under yeah. my spleen or whatever. I always <laughs> imagine there's like a bucket that I've just been shoving everything in. And at some point my bucket tipped over and I'm just like, I'm just going to mop it all back in there. And now I am feeling now like, uh, Hey, you really got to clean this. You got to clean this place up, you know? Yeah. But, um, I definitely, as soon as like my dad died and I had to start dealing with that, um, I just bought a bigger bucket. I was just like, we're just going to dip it all, all of this. It all goes in here now. And so I, um, and you know, I feel like I, my comedy suffers because I'm not really able to tap into emotions, you know, I'm sure. finding it harder to come up with things. Cause I'm like, I don't feel anymore. So how do I even have mm-hmm. opinions about what do I even have to right. talk about? Um, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, COVID came right on time. Cause I was like, Oh, I can talk about this. <laughs> Oh, that's so funny because I was because COVID has deadened my emotions. Mm, yeah. Um, in in a similar way that you're talking about, where I'm like, I've never, I've always been a head more than a body guy, but mm-hmm. I've never felt the the unabashed desire to be disembodied mm. more than now where yeah. i'm like the body is a fucking drag can we just <laughs> exist as spirit and light and whatever you know yeah. um so that's interesting that covid didn't work the opposite way exactly but like but that it yeah. did give you something to talk about it did I, I i was just like oh okay well i got to i think i i i'm probably um more i'm not necessarily in tune with my or maybe I am a little more in tune with it with my body than uh I could be, but that was you know a choice that I made, but I definitely was very like, oh, we've got this thing that's trying to kill us, well, let's see what can I do around here to fix and all the other things and right, but right. i i um but I also had moments you know where i I would not sleep and then I would just spiral and have just kind of yeah, kind of dark, but not like super dark. People have many people have many darker thoughts than my goofy ass. I'm just like, you know, like I'm watching Usher videos and then suddenly I'm like, I have to write a will just in the middle, <laughs> you know, it, it just would. 
And I'm like, well, how do I, what is that? Even? It just stop, you know, like I'm, it was ridiculous type. Burn thing, is about cremation. Yeah. Now. You know, <laughs> it's all, <laughs> I'm like, I don't know why he triggered this, but he did. And <laughs> I, um, yeah. So I, I was able to kind of concentrate on that and, um, whatever, but I'm still like actual feelings and things that I really need to work on. I was just like, well, let me, I don't know if I'm going to get to that, but first let me check my blood pressure. Let me, you know, let me see, do I have a fever? Like all kinds of things. And I get a little loopy about that, but yeah, I, I definitely was like, well, here's something that we are all going through and I can maybe talk about the odd feelings that I have about this thing to hopefully help others feel better about it. Although now I guess everyone has moved on. Um, and so I am now have trying to adjust to that. Um, and I don't, and that's also just like, I don't know how I feel about everyone moving on. And my brain's like, I don't know if we're feeling yet. And I'm like, yeah, that's right. But I feel like I should, (laughs) I should feel something. I can't, this is too big of a thing to just shove into that bucket, which is full. Right. And body's like, yep, still full. Your knees still hurt, <laughs> you know. Things throb for no reason. It's because it's full. <laughs> yeah. Well, it sounds like a the thing that I relate to is feeling good and and like you have a purpose when things are fucking foobar. Mm-hmm. But but when it's every day that's where you start to get squirrely. Yeah. And like, yeah, if things are in a, if we're in emergency mode, okay, great. I know how to handle that. Right. But if it's figuring out how to deal with the everyday boredom and feelings of failure and shame and fear and whatever, that's where it starts to get hairy. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So when it's just like an everyday thing, you know, I'm just trying to like put more money on my on my metro card and then I'm like, did I fail my father? <laughs> what? <laughs> Why? Why? Why are you what's this? <laughs> Why did you come into right. my head? So I was just like, nope, gotta knock that away. But at some point I'm gonna have to sit down and assess, did I? And I mean I wanna say no, but how will yeah. The black well, cloud, ultimately, when the black, yeah, when the black cloud comes through, it doesn't say anything. It doesn't. And when they're in my dreams, they don't necessarily say anything that's very like, you're fine. Sometimes it's just like, you'll be fine. It Sometimes it's very literal, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But so maybe this idea of like the guardian angels mm-hmm. having to be not related to you in any way yeah also protects this right unfeeling as well yeah exactly because you don't have to be accountable to <laughs> a guardian angel who knows any of your history right and just imagine doing the thing you do and then your guardian angel comes through and instead of saving you like they saved you but they're also like you know this isn't how i raised you that's not i don't need that right now <laughs> i don't need that <laughs> I just need to be saved. I'll come, I'll get to those thoughts a little later, but I don't need my guardian angel to also do the the loving parenting thing of judgment, you know? Yeah. The way the, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Disappointed. I don't, you don't want to hear that from your guardian angel. No, no, no. 
Yeah. So that's why I think they got to be assigned to someone else. It makes that just makes the most sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> That is the show. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to Shalewa for being so open and warm and pleasant and fun to talk to. And check out the show notes for how to follow her. And also the link to my Patreon, patreon.com slash Dave Marr. If you've liked the show and you're still listening, maybe you want to subscribe. That'd be great. Tell people about it. And until next week, remember, you are a mist. Miracles. You can do them. Have faith. You're human. Miracles.